listeners welcome to a new week we have a book from lana dash that she's brought to us called party princess and i love the concept of this book that it's like these friends go to vegas and it's like they all get arrested so it i mean what more do you want honestly but like the covers are really cute because it's all mug shots of the girls yeah so like i just think that's really cute and it reminds me of You know, I've read several books where that happened, where it's like, um, but it's usually a multi-author thing where it's like there's one event and then everybody kind of writes like what happens around it. Yeah. And But this is all from one author, which is really cool. So, but we'll talk about Lena Dash and all her good stuff in just a few minutes, but we'll catch up first. So I wanted to mention that uh, the Taco Bell pizza, Mexican pizza came back. Have you had it since it's been I back? I haven't had it yet. My husband what? bought it and I didn't know he bought it. Uh-huh. And then by the time I realized it was downstairs, it was like cold and foggy. Oh, no. Mm-mm. But he had got to have that hot me. and fresh. That's like the Krispy Kreme donuts. You got to get that hot now. You don't want that a day later. No. <laughs> But I keep uh, forgetting. But he well, knew because I'd actually even sent him like on Twitter and said they had like an invitation. And I didn't even yeah, text yeah. him the invitation. And so he had done his part. But I I guess I dropped the ball on mine. <laughs> I went the day it came back. And there was, I went at 1130 in the morning because I was like, they're going to sell out of this. There was already a line to the highway. <laughs> like where my Taco Bell was. It was like down around and back like it was so backed up at 11 30 in the morning i was like i'll take two that's amazing and so i've eaten it i think three times since last week since it came back but you know i have an obsession with taco bell anyways like that's always going to be my comfort food you i will never say no to a taco bell yeah, like I could eat Thanksgiving dinner and you'd be like, do you want a soft taco? Yes. I'll always say yes to a Taco Bell taco. I just associate it with dieting. That's why I don't eat it very often. There is nothing about dieting that I associate with Taco Bell. I think it's because when I used to, whenever I would watch when I was eating or I would want something really high protein, mm-hmm. I'd go get bean burritos. Yeah, I love the they, they fill you up. It's full mm-hmm. of protein. It's not like got like 600 calories in it or anything. So I, I always throw in a bean burrito. There's never been a moment where that's a bad idea where you're like, you know what? Throw in a bean burrito. But even though I know a bean burrito from Taco Bell tastes great, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not eating a bean burrito. I'm not on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a trigger in my head. Yeah. You know what, when a friend of mine, she always used to get pintos and cheese. And I was like, what's that? Because it always comes in a little cup. It's literally a bean burrito without the burrito part. It's just the beans and the cheese. And it's so good. And they put hot sauce on it. It's good as hell. I go through, I'm like, pintos and cheese. And then I'm like, I'm going to get a bean burrito too. I know it's the same thing. I just want to get it. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so I'm texting, like, I'm on a group text to my brother and my sister. And I'm texting them and I'm like, guess what's back today? You know, and I'm like in line. My sister's like, I got mine. And my brother's just like, are you guys okay? <laughs> I was like, there's the difference right there. That's not genetic. <laughs> but uh, but I was teasing them because I was like, 
Um, I went back again today and my brother was like, do you just like hurting your body? And I was like, yes, because I regret your it every so time. so fit, isn't he? Yeah. He, he is, but he does not eat like that. Like okay. he just doesn't, he doesn't normally eat fast food. Weirdly, okay. he doesn't eat, but he'll go to like a sit down. That's what I mean. Place. He's so fit. So he's probably like, why are you guys going to fucking Taco Bell? No. Well, it's funny though, because like he, he doesn't eat fast food, but he eats shit food. Like he goes to a barbecue joint and he'll eat a whole rack of ribs. Like he doesn't eat good. He just eats quality food if that makes sense i don't know no, he, that, i understand because i did the yeah. same thing when i'm dieting i don't eat healthy mm-hmm. i just eat only 1200 calories <laughs> he does not have like he does like power lifting so those guys yeah, i mean they eat thousands and thousands they yeah he eats, i ridiculous. mean he'll eat a dozen donuts you know like it's just that's he doesn't care about that but he just doesn't eat like fast food stuff so but yeah, he. It was funny though when we were on the group chat talking about it, and I was like, I, I was sending like the gif of um, you remember the movie Bridesmaids where she's like shitting in the sink and she's like, it's like lava, it's coming out of me like lava, and I'm like sending that to them. I was like, I regret nothing. He's like, are you sure? Are you sure you regret something? And I was like, no. oh god so but the mexican pizza the musical is coming out i think next week i think that was fast well they had it they had a group of people that they just got together for a couple days and wrote it and it's just like one performance they're gonna do but like they all wrote the songs and everything and just came up with it on the fly so i think it's gonna be pretty fun i'm excited about it it's so silly but why not you know sometimes you just need something a little silly Mm-hmm, exactly. My daughter uh, is graduating from elementary school on June 8th. This is that's like her last day. So I, I don't know why I did this, why I put myself in these predicaments. But I was like, you know what, I'll host a graduation party oh for all your friends. <laughs> I ordered inv- I know this, this is the things I do to myself. I set this up. And then I later I'm angry at this Leah. For doing this to me <laughs> so like but i ordered invitations and they came and she gave them out at school and everything and i'm giving and i was asking her i was like okay so you want to invite um some of your teachers and she's like okay and i was like so do you want to invite like your teachers from fifth grade and she's like no <laughs> like just dead ass no and i was like really i thought you like she was like i like them i don't want them to come and she's like you can ask my pe teacher my librarian like all these other teachers she said i don't know what it was she was just like absolutely not that's i don't need so, these people in my house <laughs> that's funny the other day it was actually yesterday me and isabel were sitting there there's some stuff going on at the school with racism and things like that that have been happening or whatever and I guess one girl told somebody else to shut the fuck up, even though they had said something racist, but there's like a no tolerance policy. Yeah. So she got in school suspension and I was like, I wouldn't care if you would have told them to shut the fuck up. I said, just maybe make it a little harsher because you don't want in school suspension. You want out of school suspension. <laughs> yeah. So you can just come That's the home. truth. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you know your mom's not going to be mad at you for yeah, saying it, like, you know, like you're not going to get in trouble. Make it like, worth it. 
She's like, really? I'm going to pop him on the back of the head. Do what you got to do, girl. Drop some F-bombs and just let it But she was like talking about a particular teacher. She's like, I just want to smack him right in the back of the head sometimes. Oh, my God. Like, no, that's called assault. Keep your hands to yourself, but make it good. Technically, if you lay hands, it's out of school suspension for everybody. Even if you're defending yourself, everybody's out. I don't understand. I never understood that where it's like, even if you're defending yourself, I don't get it but. you know i remember i think we talked about it before where i talked <laughs> to where isabel mm-hmm. kind of accosted that boy for a little bit from behind yeah because he kind of checked her and she came up behind him but mm-hmm. she said you know i have to prove i'm proving a point you're not gonna come for me mm-hmm. and we not come back at you or whatever and i kind of told the principal the same thing he's like he kind of nodded like i know what you're saying yeah this yeah. is policy there's not much i can do about it yeah. I was like, it's really hard to get mad at my daughter who's like just got arm checked by another boy and she like went at him. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like give a high tough. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's policies, but there's also moments where there can be exceptions made, but oh yeah. well, I guess not. <laughs> so, yes. It, so I invited all of them over. There's like 25 kids that are coming to this house. But I thankfully they get out early that day. And so it's, and I only did it for like three hours and I was like, Oh, it's just like a celebration. And I was like, we're doing it from like one thirty to like four thirty or something. I don't know. It's just a couple hours, but I did tell them to bring like their bathing suits if they want to like get in the so, pool or play around. Yeah. So we've only got like two days left of school. And I, I know most people get out before Memorial, but we always go until like this, like the week, two weeks after we don't get out till June 8th. Damn. No, we're out this week. They talked about, cause we had too many snow days of extending us, but I mm-hmm. guess a lot, even I said, my kid won't be there if you do, cause we have vacation. Yeah. yeah. But we were actually going over is, or they were going, I don't know why people think my office is the place to have conversations. <laughs> I'm no, literally I get it. setting. Well, I had my, I was sitting on my love seat, but I had moved my desk around cause I hadn't mm-hmm. been feeling great. So I'd lay down and get back up at my mm-hmm. computer and Isabel comes in, she sits down and my husband comes in, leans on my desk, like over me. So they mm-hmm. are over me talking. I'm not even in the conversation and they're talking <laughs> about her grade. But I look up and she's like, I'm doing fine in everything. I've got A's and B's. And he's like, you're not doing fine in everything. And then they start talking about she's got a bad grade in one of her classes, like a D or something. And I'm like, what? And he's like, how do you get an F on fucking French toast? And I'm like, what are you guys talking to you? She's got like a D in home mech. <laughs> And oh she's like, because I don't give a shit about French toast. Oh, my God. I couldn't help but laugh. I shouldn't laugh. She's like, what am I going to I don't care about the French toast. I got a history test to study for. I'm yeah, like, that surprises me, though, because she's a pretty good cook, isn't she? She, I, She's like, that's why she took it. She thought she'd enjoy it. And she's like, I just don't care. Yeah. She's like, it's the class. She's like, I just don't. I don't give a crap about it, which is interesting to me because I imagine it would be easy. But then she's getting. Yeah all a's and b's in all of her other classes mm-hmm. like yeah. the harder classes yeah I'm like all right so why uh, <laughs> like, i'm like looking down trying to be out of the conversation he's like how do you get an f on fucking french toast and i'm like <laughs> how do you get an f it's on a, french i toast? know it's a valid question actually because <laughs> he's he's like i'm a chef this is embarrassing mm-hmm. I, know. <laughs> I didn't even think about that <laughs> 
So, oh, you know, with summer coming up, do your kids do any camps? Do they Are they doing anything this summer with like camps where they go away or stay the night or anything? Um, well, Isabel goes to Europe this summer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. she'll be gone for a couple weeks and you know, mm-hmm. Peyton would not go to camp. Peyton doesn't even want people to spend the night. Like he had a friend over a while ago. I'm like, do you want me to suggest he spends the night? He's like, no, we're good. Like 10's good for me. Like he's like ready for people to even go. I can't imagine him going somewhere else where his yeah. people aren't and staying. Mm-hmm. That'd be a no-go for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I had, um, you know, my parents and stuff were talking and they were like, okay, so, you know, like, when can we get the kids this summer? Like, you know, if they want to stay or whatever. And, um, by the way, I was going to take my kids down there when they got out of school. And then how about I talked to my dad today and they're going to fucking Scotland. I was like, number one, who okayed this without me? <laughs> and I was like, you're literally leaving like the day after my birthday. I was like, this is all some kind of bullshit. So I was like, first of all, you're going to Scotland. You're not keeping my kids. Like, I don't know what else to say. I'm offended. But anyways, you know, I was looking at their schedule and stuff because I try to keep them busy. I mean, my kids are still young enough to where it's like they want to play. They want to be entertained. They want stuff to do. And I get it. And I like doing stuff with them. So it's like, I want to make time to do that. I but I also like want them to go enjoy themselves too. And the first thing I out of Peyton's mouth was like, I can't wait to not have to worry about when I have to sleep. well your family like just does this huge shift during the summer where everybody sleeps all day long Mm -hmm. and then everybody stays up all night i don't know how y'all do that how you can function that way that's crazy yes i guess so maybe it's just being out there in the middle of nowhere you're just like we're wild (laughs) but um so i know i talked about it last year too when the kids went to girl scout camp um they got to go last year they didn't get to go the year before but they had this thing on their brochure that said um, how great it is for kids to enjoy the opportunity to go to camp because it lets them explore who they are and who they want to be in a safe environment. So, I mean, my oldest one is 11 now. She's been doing sleepaway camp since she was uh, seven. And so that's Hallie's been doing it. My youngest one, too. She'll be eight in July. This will be her second year doing it. So since she was seven, that sounds young when I say that, when I'm like, I sent my kid to a sleepaway camp for a week. I don't know. I've actually read on this before and I've heard it is really, really good for your kids to do. It teaches them about themselves. Absolutely. Like it sounds young when I say it, but the benefits of doing this has just been amazing. Like they, I feel like they're even more, I don't know. I feel like it helps our relationship too, in a way, because it's like when they come back, like they're so happy to see me, but also to tell me what they've been doing and to talk and to, you know, relive those experiences. I actually even heard, I think when I was reading the article that it's not like, oh yeah, you get to send my kid away for seven days or whatever. They're like the days before it is stressful. When they come back, there's all this shit. Like it's actually a lot of work. It's a ton of fucking work. And I get like three days of peace because the camp is like almost two hours from here. And I have to drop them off on a Saturday and pick them up on a Friday. So it's not even like a full week that, you know, they're gone or whatever. But yeah, it's like days of getting shit together before. And the second I pick them up, it's like three days worth of laundry when they come back, you know, and it, it, you know, it's stressful while they're gone and stuff too. But 
I've already started like a list of shit I'm doing like the days that they're gone so I can get some <laughs> stuff done like cleaning out their room and whatnot. But, you know, I would just honestly, like if you've ever considered, you know, doing a camp or doing something like that, like I think you should go for it, you know, I agree. just because it gives the kids such a good opportunity to be away from you and away from like their kind of known family members, but still be in a safe environment. And, um, you know, I was reading this one thing too, when they were talking about it, um, with Girl Scouts and they were saying, you know, it's good that, you know, when if they get older and they decide to go away to college, you don't really want that to be their first encounter away from you is when they go to college and they have all of this freedom in front of them. And this is the first time they've been away from parents or grandparents or the babysitters that they know, like, you know, it's their first time out on their own in the world and they have everything at their fingertips. And they were like, that can be really overwhelming too for a kid. So I don't know. It, it just like, as I'm planning all of this, I'm having to get like their medical records and shot records and all this stuff. Like I was doing it today and um, among other things. Um, but anyway, I just want to say, if you're considering it, look into it, check it out and do it. There's all kinds of stuff out there. You should look into it. But anyways, what else I did today besides all that crap was I spent hours <laughs> putting stickers on dildos. <laughs> It took, I know. <clears throat> it took so long. There was like, <clears throat> excuse me, there's six huge boxes of these vibrators. They're they're ginormous boxes. And they're like the biggest, like kind of, like, I don't even know how to describe what size they are, but they're huge. And so I have to take all the boxes out and put the stickers on it that say like the cover up the front of it. There's still a picture of it on the back, but it's not on the front of the box. Yeah. So when you open it, it would be. Yeah. Down. It'll just say, fuck your day up. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And then the other thing that took so much time is that um, I'm taking out the cups. So all of the cups come in a cardboard box. And then they're wrapped in bubble wrap. So I have to take them out of the bubble wrap, put the straw in, and then I have to put a sticker on the cup because in order to get them printed with our logo on it, it was going to take like eight months to get the cups printed. So I was like, well, I'll just order them separately. Mm -hmm. I'll do the sticker and the cups and then I'll just put them together myself. And I'm only like, I was at this for like six hours today and I'm like, I'm through two boxes. <laughs> like what yeah. the fuck? But it's one of those vinyls where you peel off the back of it and lay it down and then you peel off the front of it. Mm -hmm. It's like one of those kind of sticker things. So it's like really tedious because it tries to pull up and some of the pieces come and some don't. And yeah. So it makes it stays on there really good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm almost at the end of this and, you know, we have the, the book boxes are coming and we're going to order the paperbacks. So we are super, super close to having these boxes ready to go live. Yes. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we should have like a hard date for you to be able to get all this good stuff. So excited. I know it's really exciting. So hot girl summer box is coming soon and the paperbacks are going to be beautiful. I love the colors of them this time. So, and I don't know if we mentioned it before that they're volumes one through four, this will be um, this in this book box in Hot Girl Summer. You're going to get volume three and four. So if you want volume one and two and you don't already have it, you can order it off of our website. They're on there. It's 25 bucks total for both books, I think. 
Yeah, because they're kind of matchy matchy, so you mm-hmm. can line them up on your bookshelf. Yeah, and, and they'll be to go. It should be on the spine. It should say like volume one, two, three, and four. Like they should be numbered up on your shelf. So they're nice thick books too. Yeah, they're pretty sturdy, mm-hmm. and they're really pretty. Like these are the I have these out. Like I love it because if you if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see if you haven't seen the books already. But they hold on. Do I have it backwards? I think I do. Yeah, look, you they put make them together. Hearts. They make a heart. How cute. They do. It's cute. <laughs> so the other ones will do that too. They're just a different color. So they'll be really pretty. But anyway, so we've got that coming. So make sure you check that out. Let's go over Lena Dash's stuff. Now that we have all of our chit chatty stuff out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Lena Dash writes short, sweet, steamy romances that will leave you swiping for more. From blue collared bad boys to rugged mountain men, you will find a book boyfriend to swoon over in the span of your hour long lunch break. I love that. Um, like I said before, the book she brought us today is Party Princess. Um, this ebook will be live on June 3rd, too. I don't know. Um, that should be okay. Yeah, that's like that was last Friday. So this episode is going to air on the 7th. So just in case you want to grab this in ebook, you can. It's live. I'll read you the book bio for Party Princess. Beth, as the bride's younger sister, I've always found myself hidden in her long casting shadow. But when we all head to a club in Vegas, I'm mistaken for a pop princess, Fiona Day. When I'm ushered past the velvet rope to a VIP section, I come face to face with my celebrity crush growing up. Can I keep up the ruse that I'm not who they think I am? Or will the spotlight I've always wanted reveal the truth? Sean. After becoming a household name when I was 10, I've lived my life in a fishbowl. Everything about my life is managed by other people, including who I'm supposed to date. So when my manager tells me he's set up a publicity relationship with pop star Fiona Day, I'm less than thrilled. But when we meet, she's nothing like I expected. Will this fake relationship for the press actually turn into something real? Bad Bridesmaids is a series of short, sweet, and steamy standalone romantic comedies that follow a bridal party who travel to Vegas for some pre-wedding fun. But when the trip quickly turns from wild to crazy, find out what happens to these bachelorettes when their actions lead to run-ins with the law. Read Party Princess if you like mistaken identity, celebrity crushes, and love in the spotlight. No cheating, no cliffhangers, and a happily ever after guarantee. You sound really fun. I know. Doesn't that sound so fun? Sounds so, light. Actually, when you were reading them, I was like, because remember last year I binged on mm-hmm. um, Emma Bray when I went out of yes, town to the yeah, beach uh-huh. house. I was like, maybe I should download this series for my I know. beach excursion this I was going to say, this sounds so freaking cute. And there's so many of them. Um, Party Princess is part of the Bad Bridesmaids series. Lana also has more stories up for pre-order in her Curvy Girl's Guide to Dating series. And um, I wanted to make sure I mentioned this. Lana has a free story on Book Funnel that will tell Fiona Day's side. That's the actual pop star. It will tell her side of the story from Party Princess. She's a pop star and the main character. Um, the main character is mistaken for in the book you're about to hear. So she will have her own love story from that same night too. And uh, Lena is going to have the link on her Facebook and Instagram. We'll be able, we'll be sure to share that too. So if you want the free book that goes along with what you're about to hear, make sure you go on and grab it. And she's also doing an Amazon gift card as her giveaway this week. So make sure you enter that. I'll have all of it up on the website too. I don't know if I'll be able to get all those links for the show notes as mm-hmm. soon because she may not have created some of them, but I'll yeah. make sure to keep her website page on the Remy Romance um, mm-hmm. updated so that you can find that free book and everything. 
Sounds good. All right. Well, let's send them to the first installment. We'll see you guys on the other side. This is Party Princess by Lana Dash. Read for you by Kit Swan. Chapter One Beth. The view from the suite overlooking the Las Vegas Strip is incredible. It's lit up below us like a beacon of sin to draw you in. And judging from the crowd of people, it's working. Everyone ready? Veronica, my sister's maid of honor, asks. I don't need to turn around to know that everyone in the bridal party is still getting ready for the evening. We only just arrived a couple of hours ago, but we are all eager to get out and have some fun. In the months of wedding planning leading up to this trip, it has been a stress-filled clusterfuck of a marathon. From the antique veil torn to shreds by our mother's dog, to my sister's dream venue nearly burning to the ground after a freak lightning storm. I'd say the universe was conspiring against her union, but all five of us managed to make it here in one piece to celebrate the bachelorette party, so I think our luck is about to change. My focus shifts from the scene outside the window to my reflection staring back at me. Has anyone ever said you look just like her? My cousin Claire asks, walking up to the window. I follow to where she's pointing and see a billboard advertisement for the pop star Fiona Day. It's a still photo of her singing on stage. The band is playing behind her, and she looks like she is having the time of her life. Sometimes I wish I could just be someone else, even if only for one day. Don't get me wrong, my life isn't terrible. It's just that my life is predictable. And if I'm being honest, it's a little bit boring. I wake up at the same time every day, work in the same office, and spend my evenings reading about all the fabulous lives of celebrities, just like Fiona Day, wondering what they are doing while I'm sitting alone in my tiny apartment. Yeah, I've heard that before. I shrug and turn away from the windows, but I don't see the resemblance. Let's go, ladies. Veronica calls from the sofa to Jessie, the other bridesmaid, and my sister, Bridget. The airline lost Jessie's luggage on the flight here, so Bridget's helping her piece together an outfit suitable for the club from everything in everyone else's suitcases. We can just meet you guys down in the lobby, I offer, pointing to Claire and me. Veronica nods. Anything to get us out the door. Poor Veronica's been doing a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to all the wedding planning. All the while, the bride's actual blood relations, me and Claire, have only really had to show up to the mandatory bridal party events. I tried to offer to help more, but was told there were already too many cooks in the kitchen and that my help was not needed. Claire and I head out of the suite and start making our way down the hallway to the elevator. Two guys are standing near the doors as we approach. I don't miss the double take the guy wearing glasses gives me. I can almost see the wheels turning in his head as he tries to work out if I'm the pop princess that has dominated the airwaves for the last decade. Told you, Claire whispers to me, having seen the expression on the guy's face. 
Thankfully, we don't have to wait awkwardly for long. The elevator bell rings and we all step inside. It's her, the guy with glasses whispers. His friend's left eyebrow ticks up, giving me a skeptical look before turning back to his friend and shaking his head, no. See? I mouth to Claire, making her smile. We get down to the hotel's lobby, and the sounds from the casino filter across the tile floor to us as we wait for Bridget, Jesse, and Veronica. By the time the five of us walk to the club and wait to get in, my heels are already beginning to pinch my feet. It serves me right for wearing the designer stilettos I bought on a whim last year. They've been sitting in the back of my closet, waiting for the perfect occasion to break them out, like this weekend. I'm going to go get us some shots, Jessie yells over the thumping bass of the club music. She doesn't bother to wait for any of us to respond before she turns and pushes her way through the crowd towards the bar. Claire sees a table open up, and we all weave our way through the other club goers. There's barely any room in this place. We are all standing nearly shoulder to shoulder. A large, muscled guy who looks like a linebacker pushes his way past a group of guys standing by us, knocking into one of them. The beer in his cup sloshes from the impact and spills onto my shoes. The beer guy turns to yell something at the linebacker, but only the guy walking behind him looks over and gives him a head tilt in acknowledgement. Hey, watch it! Veronica yells at the beer guy, pushing him away from us. I look down at my now-soaked, suede heels. Are you kidding me? Go see if you can clean them up in the restroom, Veronica yells over the music. We'll be here when you get back. I nod and head off in the direction where I saw the sign for the restrooms when we walked in. A small line has formed near the door as I approach, but the women wave me forward when I explain I only need the sink to try and save my heels. Based on the pitiful looks on their faces, I'm guessing they already know that my attempt to save the heels is a lost cause. The music in the club sounds muffled when I walk into the restroom, and it's a nice break on my eardrums. I didn't think I'd feel so much like a fish out of water tonight, but this club isn't my scene. We only just got here, and I'm already counting down the minutes until we leave. I do what I can to dry off my heels, but they are a lost cause. Suddenly, one of the stall doors opens behind me. What the hell? I hear a woman say. But before I even turn to see what she's what the helling about, the stall door slams shut again. Are you okay? I ask. But there's only silence on the other side. I knock twice on the door. Hello? I bend over and see a pair of black-heeled boots under the stall door. It's clear that whoever this woman is, she is standing, so I guess I have to assume she's okay. I'm fine, she says, her voice sounding familiar, but I don't know where I would know her from. Okay, if you're sure. I am. I head out of the restroom, and I'm almost immediately greeted by a young woman with a cute brunette pixie cut. She looks almost frantic, her eyes widening when they land on me. There you are, she yells over the music. We've been looking for you everywhere. We? 
She nods. They told me they thought you might make a run for it. What is she talking about? I told Veronica I was going to the restroom, I say, looking around, a bit confused. I can't see the table from this corner of the club. Pixie Girl's eyes narrow as she looks me up and down. Did you change? I run my hands down the front of my black top and white checkered skirt. No. She gives me a forced smile. My mistake. Does it look bad? I ask. You just don't look like yourself, she says before looping her arm in mine and leading me back into the club crowd. She pulls me to the right, even though I'm sure my table is back towards the left. Where are you taking me? He's waiting to meet you. He? I ask. What's going on? She stops us at the steps that lead up to a roped off section of the club. The linebacker from earlier who ruined my heels is standing at attention, using his impressive size to intimidate anyone trying to find a way to get past him. I turn to walk away, but Pixie Girl pulls me back. The linebacker gives us a slight nod and moves to allow us to pass. She drags me up the steps to a platform that overlooks the club. There's the woman of the hour. A man in a suit that probably cost as much as my car stands up from the velvet sofa to greet us. I glance behind me, assuming he's talking to someone else. This makes him laugh, and he smacks the shoulder of a guy sitting with his back to me. She's funny, he says to the guy. It's wonderful to finally meet the beautiful and talented Fiona Day. Wait, what now? Chapter Two Sean I smell a rat! That stupid catchphrase has followed me since the day I became a household name when I was ten years old and starred on the kids' show, The Misadventures of Huckabee Jones. Eighteen years later, I still can't leave the house and run to the store or go out for the night without someone shouting it in my face. Yo, I smell a rat, I hear someone yell as I follow my bodyguard Manny through the crowd at Club Dominion. I nod and smile at the guy, but don't bother responding. The pulsing bass of the music in the club makes talking to anyone in this place nearly impossible. I'm so tired of this scene, working all day on set, partying all night, and then doing it all over again. The appeal to give up everything and live a normal, some might even say boring life, is becoming more and more tempting to me. I could walk away from Hollywood, the money, the fame, everything, for the right reason. I've spent most of my life living in a fishbowl, having every aspect of my life scrutinized by the public. There were always people around who told me how to dress, how to act, what to say. I was a product for them, not a person. I had no say in my life. I still don't. And now they are telling me who I have to pretend to date. I don't know how much more of this I can take. Ira, my agent, 
is already sitting in the roped-off platform area of the VIP section, with a handful of people I don't recognize or care to know sitting around him. He looks like a king holding court, and I suppose, in a way, he is. I climb the steps and slump into the blue velvet chair next to him. Coming here tonight was not my idea. When Ira told me of his plan for me to start dating Pop Princess Fiona Day, I told him there was no way I was going to go along with it. Are you still angry? He asks, filling up his glass with champagne and holding out the bottle to me. But I shake my head. Ask any guy in this club. They would give their left testicle to be in your shoes. They can have them. I grumble under my breath. What was that? Ira asks, setting down the bottle. I'm not in the mood for another fight like the one we had back in his office a few weeks ago when he pitched this plan to me. I told him no way, and he freaked out, saying how ungrateful I was acting after everything he's done for me. He conveniently left out of his rant the 10% he has earned from everything I do. She's late. I say, and glance around the club, trying to ignore the prying eyes watching me. She'll be here, he says. Your last two movies didn't deliver the way we were hoping, and you need her to help get you back into the spotlight. So you will be on your best behavior when she shows up. Maybe this is just the sign I was looking for to walk away from all this. But unfortunately, it's not as if a reason is going to walk into my life and say hello. What is she getting out of this? I ask. Who cares? He shrugs. She has her reasons and you have yours. We just need to get the paparazzi to snap some pictures of you two together and let the hungry fans get that rumor mill up and running. Then you will start trending and the offers will start rolling in again. Maybe I don't want any more offers. Don't be stupid, Sean. Ira glares at me, but his face lights up just as suddenly. There's the woman of the hour. He stands up and walks past me. I take a moment to try and muster some strength to handle this long night ahead of me. She's funny. Ira laughs and smacks me on the shoulder. It's wonderful to finally meet the beautiful and talented Fiona Day. I roll my eyes. We are both the product of the entertainment industry. I'm not under any illusion that either one of us couldn't be replaced with anyone else looking to fill our shoes. But I don't know if Fiona is aware of any of this, or if she's been in the entertainment bubble for too long, surrounded by yes people, warping her perspective on reality. I push to my feet and turn around to greet her. Ira is already going to lay into me for not doting on her the moment she got here. Fiona's eyes widen in what looks like surprise when she sees me. If I didn't know any better, I'd think she's giving me the same look my fans get when they meet me. Hey, I'm Sean. Walker. Yeah she says with a growing smile. I know who you are. That's weird. I don't remember Fiona Day having a slight dimple on her left cheek when she smiles. 
But then again, she and I haven't crossed paths before this night. I've only seen her on screen or in photos. So I'm sure there is a lot I don't know about her. Sean, Iris says, nodding his head towards Fiona. I step forward and give her a quick kiss on the cheek. A zing of energy I'm not expecting jolts through me the moment my lips touch her skin. There's no mistaking she feels it, too, when she lets out a slight gasp of surprise. The enticing lavender scent of her hair makes me want to lean in and take a deep breath. I've always hated mixing business with pleasure, but I can't deny the way my body seems to be reacting just by being close to her. Was that okay? I ask, only loud enough for her to hear. She nods, but I feel her hand tremble as I take it in mine. I want her to feel at ease, despite Ira or any of her people thinking they are in charge of this situation. She and I will decide how far any of this charade will go. I give her hand a reassuring squeeze, and I can see her shoulders relax. This isn't how I was expecting my evening to go, she says. I search her expression, wishing I knew what she meant by that, but I find myself distracted by the pale pink color of her lips and how I wouldn't mind leaning in and kissing them but I don't. I think you two need to sit down and get to know one another. Ira gestures for all the other people to move along. I lead Fiona over to the couch and we sit down. So many eyes are on us. I don't need to look to know they are watching, but for once, I don't care. There's something about Fiona that I can't put my finger on that is drawing me in. Some might say it's her beauty, which is undeniable, but it's something else. There's a vulnerability about her that you don't often experience in the entertainment business. Everyone has an agenda and has no issues stepping over people to get to their next level of success. But Fiona doesn't give off anything like that. It's like she's an open book, and I'm ready to turn the page and find out more about her. Fiona watches everyone shuffle down the steps, leaving only Ira standing there with us. We don't need a babysitter, I tell him. If I didn't know him so well, I wouldn't be able to see the annoyance through his fake smile. Of course, he says. Just let me know if you two need anything at all. I'm going to go talk to some people and be back. I don't miss the emphasis on the word people. He meant the paparazzi photographers that he had already called for this meetup. Fiona doesn't say anything until he's gone. She turns back to me. I need to tell you something, she says nervously. I shake my head to stop her. I don't need to know your reasons for doing this. No, you don't understand. I shouldn't be here. I'm not... I felt uneasy about this whole situation, too. But Ira said that this happens more than most people realize with people like us. What situation? I'm about to ask what she's talking about when Manny walks up to the top of the steps and clears his throat, 
giving me the signal. Ira doesn't know that I planned my escape with Manny before walking in here. What I didn't expect is that now I want to include Fiona in it, too. Take my hand, I say, standing up. She looks at my offering and then glances up at me. What? Do you trust me? She shakes her head like she's unsure, but then says, I guess. Good. I link her hand with mine and pull her to her feet. We're getting out of here. Where are we going? Anywhere. I pull her gently towards the steps that head back down to the dance floor. Manny shields us from the direction that Ira walked off in to get the photographers as we descend the steps. When we reach the bottom, I glance over at Fiona. Run. Chapter 3 Beth Everything happened so quickly that my mind is still trying to catch up with what is going on. Somehow, I've been mistaken for the pop star Fiona Day, and now I'm holding hands with the movie star Sean Walker and running out of the club like a criminal from a scene of a crime. Maybe I am. Is pretending to be someone I'm not a crime? There's no denying the feeling of excitement that coursed through me as Sean led us across the dance floor. The temptation of pretending I really was someone special, that a movie star would want to hang out with me, was too much to pass up. Yet I know I should have stopped him and explained better that I'm not who he thinks I am. I'm not an international pop princess. I'm just plain Beth. Where are we going? I ask trying to catch my breath and keep pace with his long strides. He looks back over our shoulders and then to me. I'm just trying to put enough distance between them and us. Who is them? He stops and stares at me. Do you really not know what tonight was about? I mean, I sort of got the hint that you might not have had the whole story, but now. You had a date with her, I say having picked up some of the clues of this evening so far. I mean, me. The concerned crease in his brow takes a moment to smooth out as he processes my little slip-up. Oh my gosh! We both hear some girls say. Is that? Sean doesn't miss a beat. He grabs my hand again and pulls me farther down the strip, weaving between unsuspecting tourists. We can hear the girl and others calling out for us to stop. There's no way we are going to outrun them. I see a small shop with wigs lined up on mannequin heads in the window. I push Sean into the store and behind a glasses rack as the fans following behind run past. That was close, he says, and we both laugh. They will be so disappointed when they realize they've lost you, I say. What are you talking about? They were following you. They were? I glance behind us. He laughs. You act as if this has never happened to you before. I just assumed that the screaming teen was after you. Nope. He shakes his head. It's usually the mother of your fans that would chase me down. Oh, poor handsome movie star. I laugh. 
rubbing my thumb and forefinger together. His eyebrow quirks up in amusement. Normally, I'd be offended at your world's smallest violin dig, but somehow hearing you think I'm handsome is far more interesting. Rain in that ego, Hollywood. I push him playfully in the arm, making him smirk. We need disguises if we don't want to spend the evening running and hiding at every turn. What do you have in mind, princess? He asks, looking around the shop. Here's something for you. I pick up a pair of fake dark-rimmed glasses off the rack and put them on him. Sean somehow morphs from sexy movie star to sexy nerd. The Superman to Clark Kent transformation makes my lady bits tingle and gives me an idea. I see a wall of graphic t-shirts with nerdy science puns and superhero logos, so I grab a vintage-looking blue shirt with the Superman emblem on the front. Here, I hand him the shirt. What are you going to do? He asks. I weave through the racks back to the front of the store and grab a couple of the wigs from the window display. Blue or purple? I ask him holding each one up for him to choose. Purple. He points at the purple bobbed wig in my right hand. I walk back over to where he's standing. You need to go change. You sure you don't want me to change right here? He asks, flashing me a cocky grin that amps up my lady bits even more. You wish. I laugh and push him into the tiny phone booth-sized dressing room. Sean pulls the curtain closed, but I don't know if he realizes there's a small gap left open. I do my best to try to ignore his movements inside, but when he pulls off his shirt and I can see his rock-hard chest and abs, I wish I did take him up on his offer to change out here so I could enjoy him in all his glory. Sean I take my time changing into the shirt Fiona gave me. My hope that she would check me out through the gap in the curtain is confirmed when our eyes meet. Sorry. She mumbles and turns around, working on getting her wig on. There's something about Fiona's shyness and sweet disposition that is appealing to me. She tries to put up a front, throwing zingers back at me but there is no hiding how her cheeks heat up when I flirt with her. I never would have guessed that about her. When I've seen clips of her on stage or talking with interviewers, she radiates confidence. You have to have that off-the-charts self-assurance to survive in this business. But somehow, Fiona can hide her true self from the public. I love that I'm getting to see a side of her that no one else gets to see. Someone said they saw them come in here, I hear a familiar voice say. I peek out of the space in the curtain and see Ira standing at the shop entrance, looking around. Fiona's back is turned to him as she struggles to put on her wig. Quickly, I pull my phone from my pocket and call Ira, letting it ring a few times. I watch and wait for him to look down at his phone and then reach out of the dressing room to grab Fiona, pulling her in with me. I hang up the phone quickly and put my finger to my lips to keep her silent. 
We both listen as Ira questions the disinterested clerk. What do you mean you don't know who I'm talking about? Ira snaps at him. I don't know who you're talking about, man, but she's hot, the clerk says. I wouldn't mind finding her in my store. Anger flares up at me, and I'm ready to tear back the curtain when Fiona rests her hand on my cheek and turns my face back to hers. I'm suddenly aware that I still haven't put on my shirt, and we are standing chest to chest in this tiny dressing room. Fiona seems to realize this at the same time, too, and like clockwork, her cheeks turn a rosy pink. How is it possible that she's both adorable and sexy? She tries to look away, but it's my turn to stop her. I cup her face in my palm and gently urge her to look up at me. It feels like an agonizingly long moment, but it's probably only a few seconds. Finally, her gaze meets mine, and all the tension building up between us comes to a head. I lean in and brush my lips against hers, not wanting to scare her off, but dying for a taste. She sighs softly, her body relaxing against mine as my arms circle around her body. Her breasts press against my bare chest, and I can't help how my dick stiffens between us. If we were any two other people, I'd take the chance to see where this moment could lead us back here. But we aren't. People think being in the public eye is glamorous, but they don't think about how intrusive and judgmental the world can be. I don't want my actions to impact Fiona negatively. In situations like this, when word got out, the press and the public were never kind to the woman. My instinct to protect her overpowers all other urges coursing through my body at this moment. We can't, I breathe against her lips. Fiona tenses against me, and I know she's misinterpreting what I'm trying to do here. No, stop, I whisper, meeting her gaze, needing her to understand me at this moment. I want to, I mean, I really want to, but we can't, not here. I get it. She nods, and I search her face for any sign that she might not mean it. But you should probably get dressed. I pull on the shirt and adjust my new fake glasses. How do I look? You look. She pauses and clears her throat. Good. The pink on her cheeks tells me more than anything coming out of her mouth. Oh my gosh, you like me better as a nerd. What? She recoils, feigning surprise. No, I don't. Oh, you love seeing me like this. She rolls her eyes and pulls back the curtain to walk out, but I don't miss the corner of her mouth ticking up in amusement as she walks away. Chapter 4 Beth It's time to tell him the truth. I have to tell him that I'm not Fiona Day, just Beth Collins, a nobody. 
but the moment his lips touched mine, I swear my legs turned to gelatin and they nearly buckled beneath me. If the dressing room wasn't so small, I'm not sure he would have caught me in time before I hit the ground. Let's go, Sean says, wrapping his arm over my shoulder and pulling me into his side, angling me away from the clerk. He tosses some bills down on the counter and we walk out. The clerk starts to object after us, but quickly quiets down. I'm sure Sean wildly overpaid just to avoid having to interact with him. It sent a thrill through me earlier when he heard the clerk talking about me, and he looked angry enough to punch him. I knew he couldn't if we wanted to stay incognito, but the fact that he was willing for me, I mean, Fiona. The high I was just riding a moment ago plummets to the ground in a fiery crash as reality slaps me in the face. We walk along the busy Las Vegas strip, taking in all the sights and sounds and people passing us. There's so much to do and see, but all I want is to hold on to this moment and hold on to Sean. Everyone keeps looking through me like they don't know who I am, he says, smiling from ear to ear. This must be the first time he hasn't been recognized in such a public place in his adult life. I can't imagine living my life like that under a microscope for everyone to see. Then again, I'm just as guilty as everyone else of reading the gossip magazines that talk about sources close to some celebrity and spilling all their truths and lies. Still, I'm seeing it from a totally different side of things. We should give you a new name to go with your new look, I say. He thinks for a moment. How about David? David? I tilt my head and pretend to ponder if it fits him. He smirks down at me and I feel a warmth fill my body. I like it. That was the name of my best friend growing up. We were inseparable until I got cast as Huckabee Jones and my parents moved us to California. Suddenly, there's a sadness in his eyes I haven't seen before. He almost looks lost in the memory of that time long ago. I'm not sure why, but it's easy for me to picture a young Sean running around and laughing. Maybe because I used to watch him growing up. But there's something different about the vision of him in my head. Something familiar that I can't explain. Are you still friends? I ask. He shakes his head. My shooting schedule made it impossible to come home and visit. And when the show took off, we drifted apart. I'm sorry, I say, linking my other arm around his waist. Sean's arms encircle me like this is the most natural thing in the world to him. He's married with a kid on the way. How do you know? I look him up to see how he's doing when I feel lonely. He chuckles. It sounds creepier than it is. I just like to wonder what my life could have been if I didn't become an actor. And looking at David's life gives me a good idea. I'm not sure how to respond to this, how to comfort him at this moment. I'm like David in this scenario. I'm living a normal life, 
But unlike David, I'm the one with my face pressed against the glass, wondering just how green the grass is on the other side. I'm sure you feel the same way sometimes, he continues. People can surround us, and somehow we can still feel completely alone. A nod is the only confirmation I can give him. I hate that I'm lying to him, but I don't want to pop the magic bubble of this night. What would your name be? He asks. Beth, I answer. My name is Beth. Sean. Beth, I whisper against the top of her head. I like it. How is it possible that I already feel like I'm falling for Fiona Day? Before tonight, I wouldn't have given her a second look, not because she isn't beautiful or talented, but because I wouldn't have thought that I could have found a connection with her, despite our similar backgrounds. Do you have a story to go with your name? I ask but I regret the question when she tenses in my arms. I don't want to push her. It's crazy to think that she could feel the same way I do, despite me wishing with every fiber of my being that she does. Holding her in my arms is as easy as breathing, like she's always meant to be there. She pulls back in my arms, and I'm reluctant to allow space between us. I do have a story to go along with that name, she says. I wait expectantly, but she pauses like she's considering something in her head before she continues. I promise to tell you, but can we just pretend for tonight that you are David with the nerdy glasses and the superhero shirt, and I'm just Beth? With the purple hair, I say running my fingers down the wisps of colorful strands. Deal? You got it, Beth, I say, emphasizing her fake name. The smile that appears on her face is as bright as the lights on the strip. I would give every penny in my bank account to be the man who puts that smile on her face. Where should we go next, I ask. I want to ride the Ferris wheel. Lead the way. Welcome back. Hey. All right. So make sure you go check out that free book on Book Funnel. Go check out the Curvy Girl's Guide to Dating series. That's the other one she's got it for pre order. And then grab the rest of the books in the Bad Bridesmaid series. And don't forget to enter the giveaway. I guess we'll see you guys on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance.